This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. We're going to say, this is what happened. When Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is saying to Klau Yisrael that he wants to daven for them and, uh, and that he wants them to live, he says the line, says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, now, if you forgive their sin, great. And if not, erase me, please, from the Sefer that you have written. Now, there's something strange about this line, because it really starts off, and it says, now, if you forgive their sin, and then it stops. And if not, then erase me, please, from the Sefer that you've written. So what happened over here? So Rashi says that it's okay. There are psukim in the Torah that don't end off their lines, where it's sort of like understood what, Hashem, what Moshe Rabbeinu or HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying. If you forgive them for their sin, great. And if not, then this is what should happen. The Tosefes Bracha, however, says it in a different way. It says the following. It says, no matter what, whether you forgive their sin or you don't forgive their sin, erase me from the Sefer. Meaning, I don't care which one. If you forgive their sin, still I don't want to be involved with these people. If you don't forgive their sin, still something's wrong here with the people. I, 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 I want to get out of this safer. I don't want to be here anymore. So to speak, as if he's giving up his life completely no matter what happens with Klausel. Now, what safer is this? What safer is Moshe Benu asking to be erased from? Now, the Pashup shot is the Torah. Rashi says, the safer Torah. So people will not know that I wasn't worried. I wasn't worthy of davening for them. So that's what he said. Erase me from the Torah. I don't want people to realize that I'm off that it's me, that that's, the, that's what's wrong. Rav Sternbuch explains it like this. If people see that I daven for Klal Yisrael and I wasn't successful and that Klal Yisrael still were destroyed, they'll lose all hope. They'll be mezalzal in the powers of a tzaddik. Atomic Hakam clearly doesn't have this power, right? If he wouldn't be answered, he didn't want people to think that they, didn't, they weren't going to be answered either. He wanted people to think that even though I wasn't, even though you know, not always are somebody to come and answered, but at least they should know, they should have the idea that, that these feelings can possibly be answered. That was the concept, says Rav Sternbuch. He wanted them to know that there was an idea there. So he said, if I don't get answered, then don't put me in. It's going to cause a zilzul and tell me to come in. It's not what I want over here. But he was answered by the Amstuf and the Marcos. That's true. He doesn't want himself here. So take me out of this part of this oh, Sefer this Torah, as opposed totally. to everywhere completely. Take right. this out. The Mizrahi points out that even though the Sefer Torah wasn't complete yet, there was no Sefer Torah, right? The Sefer Torah wasn't completed until the 40th year. But there was a Sefer written on the 4th of Sivan. There was something called the Sefer Habris that was written from Bereshis up until Matan Torah. And his name was mentioned in there quite a bit, from Shmos, Ba'era, Bo, Bishalach, Yisro, and whatever they had inside there. In that Sefer, Moshe Rabbeinu had already been mentioned quite a bit. He said, I want to be out of that safer. Remove me from that safer. That's the safer that I don't want to be mentioned inside. So not the actual safer door, but the safer abris that we're dealing with, that's the safer that he has to be removed from. Now, obviously, it could be that he's referring to the actual safer Torah that would be completed in the future. And that he said that I want to be out from that safer Torah that's going to be written in the future. That's what he was saying over here. Another answer from the Gur Aryeh is that the Torah was written by HaKadosh Baruch Hu before before Matan Torah ever existed. Meaning, there was a Torah that everything is based on that was written before the world was even created. When it was written with black fire on top of white fire, says the Gorarie, in that Sefer Torah that was up in Shemaim, that was there before everything started, that's what he was asking to be erased from. Take me out of the original Sefer Torah that our Sefer Torah is based on, take me out of that one. So you have the original Mizrahi, which says it was the Sefer Torah, even though it wasn't completed, the Sefer Torah that they had at Matan Torah. It could be it's referring to the Sefer Torah, of the future, or the Sefer Torah 
Torah that's up in Shemayim. The Torah Shlema brings from a Medrash that the word Mecheni is the gematria of 108 because Moshe's name is mentioned 108 times in, in Sefer Shmos. If you don't believe that, that Moshe's name is mentioned 108 times in Sefer Shmos, then you're right. It's not 108 times in Sefer Shmos, although it is 108 times from the Parsha of Achodesh HaZelachem until the end of Sefer Shmos. And that's what he's asking you to be erased from. Once the mitzvot started of Achodesh HaZelachem and Parsha's bow, up until the end, Mechenina, take me out of all of those places. And that's what he was asking to be take out, taken out from, all within Sefer Shmos itself. And that's what he was saying, allow me to be taken out from there. Now the Ramban doesn't like this answer of Rashi at all. Even with the Mizrahi's answers, being taken out of the Sefer Torah, he says, I, I don't understand it. First of all, the response of a Kaddish Baruch Hu seems a little bit weird. Only the people that have sinned against me will be taken out from the Torah. What does that mean exactly? What does he refer to? What does that mean that those are the people? Who else is there to be erased? Who else would be erased? So maybe it simply means if you didn't sin, that counts. If you didn't sin, therefore you won't be erased. Someone else might have sinned, but he wasn't written down in the first place, so I didn't even erase him either. That, that just doesn't make any sense, says the Ramban. So Ramban is a totally different idea, and it's a pushed idea. What does it mean, erase me from the Sefer? He means the following. There were many Jews involved in the sin of the Egel Azov. The Ramban's opinion is not like Rashi. According to Rashi, there were very few Jews involved. Six hundred Jews sinned altogether. 2,400 of them had a machshava of a sin. The Erev Rav were involved, but only 600 according to Rashi and 2,400. According to the Ramban, everyone was involved. Every Jew had a problem. There was machshavos by every single Jew with all these problems. They might not have worshipped it. They may not have been directly involved. They might not have done anything direct, but nonetheless, their thoughts were involved and they had all thought about the Egel Azov itself. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to take on that punishment from everyone else and give it to himself. He was not asking to be erased from the Sefer Torah. He was, being asked, he was asking to be erased from the Sefer HaChayim. Erase me from the Book of Life. I want to die. I'm willing to die. For these people to be read, for these people to live. That's the concept. Allow my sins, he said, allow my sins to be enough to be able to be forgiven through my death, and that death and that kapara should forgive all of B'nai Israel for their sins. That's the concept. And Akadosh Baruch Hu answered, You're not going to take the place of the people. They sinned, you didn't sin, they're going to be punished, you're not the one who's going to be punished. This is the concept. The Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to be most nephish for all of us. He's willing to kill himself for everybody. This is the concept that Christianity uses quite a bit, the concept of a kapara being given, not by a god, that's their view, by our view of a tzaddik or a talmud chacham taking the place of the sinners, of those who had sinned, those who had done something wrong, says the Ramban, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to do, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu got himself involved with. Rashbam, the Das Zikanim, the Chizkuni, all say this as well. He was asking to be taken out of the Sefer Achayim, he says. Again, he was asking for his life to be forfeit for the Jews to serve as a kapara and be most or nefesh for them. That's what he's willing to do. He's willing to do anything for the Jews to be able to live. The Abarbanel says he mamish didn't want another second with these Jews. If this is what they're like, I'd rather not live with them. I'd rather be gone. I'd rather die than be involved in this. Then Itziv says he wanted to be so far gone that he would even take on curries for the people. Forget about dying. Yes, I'll die for the people. But says then Itziv, he was willing to be machris, machris nafsho. Don't even allow my soul to go to Olam Haba, says then Itziv. I don't even want to go to Olam Haba in order for the Jews to get the kapara that they needed. Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to not only die, but to lose everything he could possibly, all the rewards that you could possibly imagine, he's willing to lose everything for it. 
Targum Yonason, Targum Yonason from New Zealand says the same thing, remove me from the safer of Tzadikim. The Zohar says, again, this world and the next world, the Midrash Chayfetz as well, all of them. It's not a safer that he's asking to be removed from. It's from everything, from Olam Hazef, from Olam Haba, erase me from everything, he said. That's what he was asking to do. The Malbim explains that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted the people to do Tshuva Shlema. He wanted to do Tshuva Shlema. They sinned because they saw he wasn't around. Says the Malbim, if they sinned because he wasn't around, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I can now let them do tshuva shlema. What's the definition of tshuva shlema? How do we define tshuva in the most perfect way? Does anybody remember? Through Ava is a great way of doing tshuva, but there's a greater form of tshuva, says the Rambam. How do you do tshuva shlema in the best possible way? Put yourself in the same position and don't sin. Have the same thing happen and don't sin. What was the Jew's sin? Moshe Rabbeinu was not around, and what happened? They made an Egel Azov while he wasn't around. I want another situation, said Moshe Rabbeinu, where they would have me. I wouldn't be around where Moshe Rabbeinu is not around. He's not around. And they don't sin. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, kill me. Allow me to die. And if the Jews don't make an Egel Azov, they'll have done Shuvah Shlema. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted. So allow me to die so they can get that Shuvah Shlema. That's the concept. That's what he wanted from them. This is the idea, says the Mabal, what they want to do. The Ibn Ezra may be saying this as well. It could be that Ibn Ezra is saying this as well. The Sefer is referring to everything that happens in the world, generally and specifically. The Rabbeinu Bachai explains, it refers to the stars above. See, there are kochos up in the sky. We call them powers. Those powers already have our life's plans written out. You know the people that are able to see things in the hands, in the palms, and the stuff that they're able to see things in the stars? I know most of these astrologers and these people are filled with garbage. And a lot of them are getting it from the Tzad Atuma. But there is a way in Tahara to see what's going to happen in the world, and it's written in the stars. Avram Vinu was a person who was able to see. He had this ability to see things that nobody else saw. He could see up in the stars what was happening and what was going on and what was going to be with people. This is the safer he wanted to be raised from. Moshe Rabbeinu says, according to this Rabbeinu Bechaya, take me out from the stars. I want to be out completely. Don't even allow me to be in the safer of life. Take me out from everywhere. That's what he's referring to over here. And it's the same basic concept. Now, the Ibn Ezra and the Rabban are very, very similar in how they're wording it. The only difference is that the Rabban says in the end that sinners are going to be erased all, some of the sinners, while the Ibn Ezra says, no, all of the sinners are going to be erased. That's really the difference between the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra, but it's the same basic concept. Allow me to die. Take me out of this world. Take me out of the Sefer Achaim. That's what he wanted from. Rav Hirsch says a little bit differently, and the Ralbag says this as well. There's a world plan. There's a book that is known as the world plan. Everything that exists in the world is by the word of Hashem. The words of Hashem are combined one word after the other word after the other word and create a safer. It's not a real safer. It's as if there's a safer with everything written inside it and that's what they were seeing. That's what he was saying. Take me out of this safer. That's the concept that he was trying to get out of. Allow me to be out of this safer of the world plan. But it's all the same basic idea. The Ibn Ezra, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, the Ralbag, Rav Hirsch, the Ramban, the Targum Yonason, the Malbim, the Nitziv, they're all the same basic idea. Not take me out of the Sefer Torah. Allow me to be in the Sefer Torah, but let me die. Either take away my Olam Hazeh or take away my Olam Hazeh and Olam Haba. Take me out of the plan of life. Take me out of the stars. It's all the same basic concept of what he wanted to be taken out from. Now the Kliyakr says a little bit differently, but he adds to this idea and he says a little bit more. He says, listen, I want my death to atone for them. We got that. That's an understanding, and that's from the Ramban. That, that makes a lot of sense. But now he switches around the wording of the Pasuk. He started off, and the way the Pasuk started off is, Viato. 
And now, in Tisel Chatosim, if you forgive their sin, great. And if not, And if not, erase me from the safer. So he says like this. He says, please forgive their sin and do it now. Why? I would rather die than live to see my nation be destroyed. The concept is, allow them to die slowly but surely through the desert and not die all at once right now. Allow it to happen in a more natural fashion than to happen all at once. So he says like this, and you have to switch around just a little bit. If you're willing to forgive their sin, then for now, let it be as is. Let it be and let them continue to live. And if you can't do that, and they're all going to die right now, then I can't handle that. I, I, I can't be in the safer. I can't be around for it. And that's what he's asking, for him to do it slowly. And the truth is, this is exactly what happened. Not because of the ego. We know it's from the, the Maraglim. Because the Maraglim, they died over the next 40 years. But it happened this way. He asked for them to have a slower, let it be happen in a different type of way. And that's exactly what happened. Says the Kliakar, that's what he asked for. Now we know on Rosh Hashanah, there are three Svarim that are opened up. Right? We know there's the Sefer of the Tzadikim, the Sefer of the Beninim, and the Sefer of the Rishayim. Tzadikim are written la'alter l'chai olam. They're written for life. The Rishayim we know la'alter l'misa. And the Beninim are tzluyin v'omdim. They're hanging in the air. And during the Aserasim Chuba, hopefully they become Tzadikim. And they go in the book of Tzadikim. And unfortunately, otherwise, they end up being Rishayim. And that's what happens. Moshe Rabbeinu was asking, take me out of that Sefer HaChayim of the Tzadikim and allow me to be in the Sefer with B'nai Yisrael. If B'nai Yisrael are going to be judged as Rashaim, then put me in the Sefer of Rashaim with them, so I can help them out. And if they're going to be in the Sefer, if, if I am going to stay in the Sefer of Tzadikim, take them out of the Sefer of Rashaim and put me in there. Either way, erase something from your Sefer. Either me from the Sefer Achaim or them from the Sefer Amisa, whichever one it's going to be. The Pelzer Rebbe says exactly that. It's such a cool shot. You know the famous line that they say about Rav Nachman? Rav Nachman always said that if any of my Talmidim need help from Gehenim, right, I'll be able to pull them out by their pais, right? You know that famous line? I, I, it's, it, it's a joke. It is a joke. Because he's not pulling out from the pais. He's probably pulling out from your hair. Okay? But either way, regardless, what does that mean that he's willing to pull you out by the pais? It, it's a crazy line. But the Nitzutze Shimshin says it. Whenever a tzaddik passes away, they go through the rooms of Gehenna and pull out anybody who has any shaykhs to them. And when that tzaddik is going through through the 270 rooms and then there's another 580 rooms in Gehenna, as he's going through, he can pull that person out, pull him out, and be able to bring him with him so that he becomes the dust under his feet in Olam Haba. He gets to Olam Haba and he doesn't get the punishments of Gehenna. You should know it's all hinted to in Mizmor Ledavid. It's an unbelievable thing. Gam ki elech begeit Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Right? So, says in the Shimshin, the gate Salmavis is the gematria of, of 850, the 850 rooms of Gehenna. Loi ra ra, I won't be afraid of ra, which is the 270 rooms, ki ato imadi, because the shame of Hashem, of the malach that brings me through, is with me. That shame of Hashem is tafei aleph, which is ato imadi. He goes through and he says that the malach's first name is Yoshua, etc., and there's other things that's written inside there, but that's the concept. Every tzaddik goes through and pulls out the Rishayim, says Moshe Rabbeinu, says the Belzarebbe, allow me to be with them. And that way, if I can't pull them into the Sefer Tzadikim, I'll be with them in the Sefer Rishayim, and I'll pull them out from that Sefer Hashem, and I'll be with them wherever it goes. It's an unbelievable line. It's such a concept that he was trying to say, but the idea is right there. But what comes out is very strange. Rashi 
is not going with the Pasha Pshat and the Psukim. The Pasha Pshat is not that erase me from the Sefer Torah. That's a, that's, that's a drush. That's a medrash. And usually Rashi goes with the Pasha Pshat. The Pasha Pshat and the Pesukim is erase me from the Sefer Achayim. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be around. That's the Pasha Pshat. Mechenino means just that. Aside from that, the words Asher Kosavta are weird. If we're talking about the Sefer Torah that you wrote... That Hashem wrote? Shouldn't it be Asher Kasavti that I wrote? I realize that Akash Baruch Hu gave him the words. But the writer of the Sefer Torah is clearly Moshe Rabbeinu, through the word of God. But Asher Kasavta is strange if you're talking about the Sefer Torah that's before time. All the way before time. So I get it, Asher Kasavta, that you wrote beforehand. But otherwise, it's just a strange shot. What comes out is that Rashi is strange and that he's not seemingly going with the Pasha shot over here. Nonetheless, that is the shot of Rashi. That's how he goes over here. Now, the Forno has another shot, and the Be'er Basar and the Orachayim really say the same thing. Take away my zchuyos. There is a book of merits up in Shrine. This is not the Sefer Achayim, the Sefer Tzadikim that is read in Rosh Hashanah. That's not it. It's a Sefer of Zchuyos, where every single one of your merits are written down. Where, you know the line in Pirkei Avos, Beis, where every single thing you learn is written down in a Sefer. A hand is writing down everything you learn in a Sefer and everything you do in a Sefer. This is the Sefer of Zchuyos, the Sefer of merits. Said Moshe Rabbeinu, take all of my merits out. Take all of my Zchuyos out and give it over to Klau Yisrael. Hashem said, I can't do it. You can't take merits from someone else and give it to someone else, what you can do is you can learn for other people. You can daven for other people, but you can't transfer merits from you to someone else. Yeah, Paul. I thought if you embarrass a person, it transfers over. So there is such a concept of where if you speak Lush and Hara about a person, you cause them to be as white as death in your embarrassing, where your sin, where you take on his sins, where your mitzvahs are transferred. That's right because of something that you did. But you cannot just automatically transfer this be like, you know what, take all my money from my bank account and hand it over to that guy. You can't do that stum with merit. That's what I'm saying. If he could do that, why didn't he, if he wanted to really do it, why didn't he just do oh, so that? That's interesting. In other words, why not speak Lush and Hara about B'nai Yisrael and then automatically yeah. give them all of his, mitzvah, all of his mitzvahs? That's an interesting call. He did do that before. That's a great call. I, I like that question. I like the question. I don't have an answer to that question. That's a really, really good question. Yeah. Does it work, really? This is sort of like one of those Baal Shem Tov catch-22s. You know what I'm saying? Where the Baal Shem Tov said, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to lose my Olam Haba for that woman to be able to give birth to a child. And then Shemayim said, ah, because you're willing to do that, you got your Olam Haba back. That's sort of like a catch-22. It sounds a little bit strange. I hear it. But I like the question. The question's a good question. Why yeah. do this at all? What, what do you mean? Why is he davening for them? Obviously, wow. the greatest leader. Yeah. So what's the point? Okay, so give me a second on that. You're going to see there was a person that said exactly what you just said, and he needed a tikkun through Moshe Rabbeinu. We're going to see exactly. There is a person that said literally what you just said. What's the point? There's no point in me doing this. No, no, no. So I'm going to do something else. We'll see. Well, we're going to see. That's, that no, is a line that's going to be used. No, 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 no. That's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to allow himself to get a kapara for Klau Yisrael. Your question is, wait a second. Get a kapara for Klau Yisrael. He, he, this is not going to work. If our Baruch Hu wants it to work, it'll work. So what's the difference? We'll see. There is going to be an answer to that. Why is Moshe giving up so much? I hear you. I hear you. We have to, that is the greatness of a person like Moshe Rabbeinu. That, that is going to be that. Okay, so the Chassam Sofer. 
I get it. I get the question. Hold on. Hold up on that one. I, I do. I have an answer for that. The Chsam Silver in Torah's Moshe says a huge Kiddush. And later I found it was brought in the Shach which preceded the Chsam Silver by 200 years. I'm assuming the Chsam Silver had access to the Shach. And it's brought by the Tosefis Bracha, Rabbar Hapshin, who lived about know, 60 years after the Chsam Silver. They all bring down the exact same thing. There is a Sefer that was handed to other Marishon which has written inside it every generation with every single one of the future leaders' names. Moshe Rabbeinu asked to be taken out not of the Sefer Torah, not out of the Sefer Achayim, not out of the Sefer Zchuyos, but to be taken out of this Sefer of Adam Arisham. He said, if I can't daven and save them, I don't deserve to be their leader. That I don't deserve to be their leader. Take me out of the book of leaders. Now, where is this safer? This safer is mentioned in Sanhedrin Lamed Chesamud Beis, as well as Avodah Zarah Hayamud Beis, where Adamarishan was told to look at Dor Dor Vidorshov, every generation and the Darshaners in every generation. We all know the famous Medrash that Moshe Rabbeinu saw Rabbi Akiva's Shir, and he couldn't understand it. That's in Menachos, right, where he looked in on the Shir and he couldn't understand a word of what was going on. This is the safer. He was able to see in the Sefer the future generations and everybody in it, it was the Sefer with all the leaders inside it, where everybody's in there. Bitzalel was mentioned in the Sefer of Jews, yes. Bitzalel is mentioned in the Sefer, and that's what, it's, that's what it means in our Parsha, Re'ei Karasi B'Shem Bitzalel Ben Uri Look and see that I have already called the name of Bitzalel. Bitzalel's name was in the Sefer. This is the Sefer that's mentioned. And it's also mentioned by Shmuel. If everybody remembers in Bab Metzia Peheyomadbeis, Shmuel was the doctor of Rabbi Yudah Nasi. It's the bottom of Peheyomadbeis, very, very bottom. Shmuel, the famous Shmuel, Rav and Shmuel, Shmuel Yarchino. Shmuel was the doctor of Rabbi Yudah Nasi. Rabbi Yudah Nasi kept trying to give him smicha. Weird, right? Because Rav got smicha, Abu Sura. He got smicha. He was known as Rav, but he was really a Rebbe. He did have the ability to do smicha. Yore, yore, yadin, yadin. He got that in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, but Shmuel never got it. Shmuel was the Rosh Hashiva of Narda. Why wouldn't Shmuel? have gotten smicha? And the answer, the Gemara says, Rebbe wanted to give him smicha. And every time he tried to give him smicha, something happened. And Shmuel turned to Rebbe and said, it's okay. I don't need to get smicha, he said. I don't need smicha. Why? I saw the book of Adam Rishon, he said. I looked at that book of Adam Rishon and I saw my name was in there and it didn't say Rebbe inside there. They called me a doctor. They called me Asya de Rebbe. They called me the doctor of Rebbe, said Shmuel. But it didn't say that I'm a Rebbe. The doctor of Rebbe, I'm sorry. But it did not say that I'm actually going to be a Rebbe. I don't get smicha. Shmuel saw the Sefer. This is the Sefer that we're talking about of Sefer Adam. Sefer to Adam Rishon. This was the Sefer that everybody was talking about over here. So Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Sefer, realized his name was inside it, and asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu, if I can't daven for them, if you're not going to listen, and the Jews are going to be killed... Take me out of that safer. I don't want to be one of the leaders of Klai Yisrael. I'd rather be out of this. That's what he was asking to be able to do. And that's the idea. The Shach says that it was even more of a taina. If you take me out, you're going to have to take everyone out. Yoshua can't be the leader. Right? Asniel ben Kanaz, Ehud ben Geret. You're taking out everyone. You take me out, Akadosh Baruch Hu. You're taking out the whole line of Klal Yisrael. Everything's going to change. You can't put anyone else inside there. And that's the idea. Misifricha asher kosavta. The last letters are kares. Not only did he ask for kares for himself the way the Nitziv said it. He said, you're going to cut off Klal Yisrael if you don't take me out. If you don't do what I'm saying right now, 
because you're going to cut me out from the safer and everybody's going to be cut out completely. That's what he understood when it came from this. And it's really an unbelievable line. He understood something so unbelievable. He said, I don't understand. Bitzalel is 13 years old. You can look at this in two different ways. Does Bitzalel deserve to be in this safer? Does Bitzalel deserve to be one of the people who's the leaders of Klai Yisrael? If you say he deserved it, and that HaKadosh Baruch had already set it up that he should be there, then HaKadosh Baruch you set it up that I'm going to be here as well, and that means Klai Yisrael have to be saved, because if you put me in, you know that you're going to save Klai Yisrael. And if not, then it's just a joke. Just anybody can be given Chochmah at any time. So if anybody can give me Chochmah at any time, so it doesn't have to be me, it could be someone else. Take me out, I'd rather not have it. And that's the Mimano Shach that he used. You don't need me, I don't need to be in there. Same basic idea. Same basic idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he's saying about the Sefer. It was sort of like Mimon of Shach. It has to be that you're going to forgive Klai Yisrael because of this. Now, the Magin Midubno says a mushal over here how Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, I don't want to be around anymore and I don't want to be mailers for them. Here's the mushal. Try to understand this. I, I, I have a real big cash on this. But look at this mushal. There's an important officer who works for the king, directly under the king. Whatever the king needed, this officer took care of. So the officer was always there and whatever it is. There was a friend of the officers, maybe even a relative. We'll say it's the officer's brother who kept doing terrible things. He kept stealing from the king's treasury. So he went up to the king's treasury, stole something, small little thing. Right? The king was all upset. He said, what do you do? And this officer was always able to come up with an unbelievable excuse or a taina, a claim, as to why it was okay. Yeah, he did this, but don't worry, this and whatever. So finally, the guy kept stealing and stealing and stealing. The guy kept giving excuses after excuses after excuses. At one point, it got so bad, he stole something that was huge. Like a massive, massive thing of gold. Like a huge thing. There was no way that the officer was going to be able to excuse this or get out of it. The guy had done it. The, 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 the kid had done it. So now the king goes up to the officer and says, now I'm going to kill him. I have, you, there's no way you're going to give an excuse for this. Now I'm going to kill him. So what does the officer say? He says, king, here's what you should do. Fire me instead. Why? Because it could be that the reason why my cousin keeps doing this is because he thinks I'm going to save him. So if you fire me and I'm no longer there to help him, then he'll know that he can't do it anymore. Right now he's doing it because he knows he ha- I have his back and I'll be there for him. But if I'm gone, then he won't do it anymore. So this time, this last time, forgive him, fire me, and he'll never do it ever again. That's what the officer said. Did you get the muscle? Moshe Rabbeinu saying to, Kla- to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the only reason why Klal Yisrael is doing this is because they think I have their back. They think that every time they do something bad, I'll be able to get them forgiveness. I'll be machaper for them. So take me down, says Moshe Rabbeinu. That doesn't mean that he should die. That means he shouldn't be the leader anymore. Don't let me be the leader. Take me out from the leadership position. And if you do that, then Bnei Yisrael will no longer have an excuse. If they no longer have an excuse, then they're going to get better. They're going to automatically get better. They have nothing to rely on. They're, they're, they're going to be worried about what's going to happen. That's how the Magami Dubno says it. Now, when the Magami Dubno said this, you should know, the Kotzker Rebbe said that he feels this is MS Lamito Shotoro. MS Lamito Shotoro. My problem I think this is an unbelievably strange shot. Why? They thought Moshe was dead. They didn't think... The reason why they made the Egel Azov is not because they thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to excuse them or get them out of it. It's because they thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was dead. So how could you say that Moshe Rabbeinu was, that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, if I'm, if I'm gone, they won't have me to back them up anymore. He was gone in their minds. Do you know what I'm asking? I, I'm just... I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Yes, but it was 
still based on Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu being getting them forgiveness. I'm saying the point is that if you take Moshe Rabbeinu out of the picture, then there's no need for the Egel Azav because there is no there is no conduit of Moshe Rabbeinu in the picture anymore. What do you mean? No, the whole point of the Egel Azav was to be the conduit. It exactly. was to be the new conduit instead. Yeah. Yeah. You're not replacing anything because it never existed in the picture to begin with. You're Understood. If there was no Moshe Rabbeinu, Understood. If there's no Moshe Rabbeinu, then there's. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think we're going in two totally different things, though. The Dubno Magid right now is saying that there's a mushal that he's giving, and he's saying Moshe Rabbeinu's way of getting out of it is if I'm not around anymore, if I'm not around, then there will be no one giving their excuse. Not that I shouldn't be ever have existed. If I'm not around from now on, they won't have me to help them get, you know, to get out of it. So therefore, everything's going to be fine from now on. But Moshe Rabbeinu was out of it, and yet they still did it. They knew they didn't have backup. They knew they didn't have any ex- anybody to give them an excuse. And yet they still did the sin. That goes in the, in the face of Moshe Rabbeinu's plan. All you need is for me to be out and the people will be better. I, you were out and the people weren't better. In fact, they got worse because you weren't around. So HaKadosh Baruch should look right back at Moshe Rabbeinu and say, no, that's a bad call. I, I need you there for that. Yeah. Not not to take him out of the picture, but because he a poor judge of their character before asking for forgiveness. Well, you said like, I don't know if that fits with the marshal. I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think that's well, it. I'm saying like the point is he got his brother off, right? He got his brother off from stealing all those little things all the way up until he stole. Yeah, of course he got them off. He's been punished initially and got lashes. I understand, but he's not trying. I understand, but he's not asking to be taken out from the beginning. He's being asked asking to be taken out now. But my point is that maybe the. Maybe the point is that you show B'nai Yisrael that, that this person had poor judgment and shouldn't have saved you guys or shouldn't have asked for forgiveness in the beginning. Yeah. Then you guys wouldn't have sinned up to this point. Where but that's not the muscle. I hear you, okay, but that's not the muscle. Yeah, that's not the muscle. That's not what he was saying. He's not saying take me out from the beginning, go back in time and take me away. He's saying that's not what he's doing. I just don't, I, I, I don't think that... I still don't think that works. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. I, there clearly is something here from the Magami Dumno. If the Kutzka Rebbe said this is MS, there's something wrong with how I'm looking at it. I just, I don't think that's it. I don't think. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the way it is is like that. I'm not so sure. Either way, there's more to it than just that. The Paris Yosef is another completely different way of looking at this. Paris Yosef says that Moshe should look at them and be like, seriously, you replaced me with a cow? That's what you replaced me with? Like, I, I was the leader. You knew how good I was. You knew what I did in Mitzrayim. You knew what I did at Kriyas Yamsu. And then you're looking for a replacement for me, and you find a static cow? That's what you wanted? An Egel Azov? He should have said, that, that, that's so, that makes me feel like I'm easily replaceable. Like, anybody could replace me. You could have anything in my head. He was thus saying, Mecheni no. He said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I forgive my Chelek. I'm mocho on my Chelek that's involved over here. I forgive them. Erase the sin that they did against you. If I'm willing to erase the sin they did against me, you should erase the sin they did against you. Now the Rush and the Dasa came in the beginning of Parshat Sava say an amazing board. They say, although Moshe Rabbeinu was not erased from the entire Torah, he asked to be erased from the entire Torah, he wasn't. He was erased from one Parsha. Parsha's Tetzave. Now Moshe Rabbeinu's name is mentioned in every single Parsha from Parsha's Shmos all the way to the end of the Torah. Now, there are three Parshas where he's not mentioned in Devarim, but the reason why he's not mentioned is because he's speaking the entire Parsha all the way through. 
in Vaschanan, Ekev, and Re'eh. I believe those are the three. He is not mentioned once in either, any of those parashios, but it's because he's talking in first person. And I was davening to Hashem, which is why his name isn't mentioned. But all the way through, Moshe Rabbeinu's name is in every single parsha except for one. And don't tell me we couldn't find a place to go in from Shmos on. So which we say, now don't tell me that we couldn't find a place to put it through. The Atah Titzaves B'nei Yisrael. You should command B'nei Yisrael. Right there, should say, Vayidavar Hashem Moshe Lemor. The Atah Titzaves B'nei Yisrael. That's what it should have been. There should have been Moshe Rabbeinu's name. But it's not mentioned once over there. Why? Says the Rosh, the Das, the Kenim and the Rosh. They say, because the Kililas Chacham. When a Chacham curses something, it comes true, even if the curse was conditional. When he said the words, take me out from your safer, it happened. He had to be taken out from the safer. He wasn't taken out from every safer. He was taken out from a safer, from Parshas Tetzaveh, and that was chosen. Why Parshas Tetzaveh? Parshas Tetzaveh talks about the Kohen Gadol. That's the perfect parsha where Moshe Rabbeinu lost out on the Kuna Gedola because he complained too much at, at Har Sinai when it was with the Sneh. Because he had complained too much, therefore he was taken out from Parsha Tzavah, the Parsha of the Kuna Gedolam. The Rabbeinu B'chayi calls this Alderech Midrash. Now even though Parsha Tzavah is before Kisisa, right, he only said Mecheni Na after he wasn't mentioned in Parsha Tzavah, we know that there's such a thing as Parshas being out of order. That Parshas Tzavah really comes after Kisisa. And therefore, even though it happens to be before, he was taken out of Tzavah so that it's there. Now, the original source of this Rush and Das Zikainim, as well as the Rabbeinu Bachaya, comes from a Midrash Hane'elam in Shira Shirim and the Zohar in Parshas Pinchas, Reish Mem They both say that Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned in Parshas Tzavah because of what he said. Balei Halacha. Learn from over here. It's brought down from the Zohar, but it's brought by the Chidah in his Sefer on the Shulchan Aruch and the Pre-Chadosh in Yoredea Kupta Zion that every single person must be extremely careful with what they say. Why do you have to be so careful? Because you see what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said it and look what happened. So too with us. If we say these things, things can happen. You've got to be extremely careful with what you say. The Chedish Arim seems to not have the gears of any time the Chacham curses it happens because he asks, wait, why was Moshe taken out of the Parsha if this was a good thing? Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to sacrifice his life for Klau Yisrael and he gets punished by being taken out of a Parsha? Why would that be an Onish? Why would he be punished for doing something which seemingly is a tremendous act of mysterious nefesh and saved Klau Yisrael? What's the Pshad, yeah? So, I, so then I, who was the person that said that about uh, if you take me out then he won't sin anymore? Who said that? Going back, I'm sorry. Oh, the mushal. Right. The mushal of the Dubna Magid. Right. So it makes sense then. Because in Tzitzavah, he was out and they didn't sin. They didn't sin from then on, you're saying. Okay, no, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But meaning, taking him out should be considered a punishment. Why would you allow a punishment to happen for something that seems to be such a good thing? So here's what he says. He says, yeah. Mountains. No, no, true, but the punishment was that he was taken out of Tetzaveh. Why, was he, why did he get something bad out of it? It happened, and it worked. They were, Mechenina did work, and B'nai Yisrael were forgiven. That's true. But then he was taken out of a parsha. Why is such a punishment for doing nothing that's there? That's right, it's a deal. That's the deal. That's what he asking for. I, uh, but at the end of the day, again, he, no, 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 hold on. Guys, if you forgive them, great. And if not, erase me from the Sefer. Hashem forgave them. So he shouldn't have been erased. Well, it's not that erase me so that they'll be forgiven. It's, again, if you forgive them, great. And if not, go through there. Yeah. Obviously, today, it was 
Correct. Right. Correct. But there was a mechila given, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu shouldn't be taken out. There was a mechila given. A mechila is not a full kapara. Not a full kapara, but a mechila was given. The answer that Moshe Rabbeinu was looking for was given. I yes, I'll forgive I, their I sin. Yeah. What? His gaiva knock, it knocked down? That's an interesting call. I mean, we do say he's an un of Mikolodim, so it's hard to say. All right, hold on. We got it. We got it. We, we don't have that much. Wait, we don't have that much time. Don't have that much time. The answer is, says the Kedush Rim, David Melech says it, in Bava Kama Ayin Beis. If you're Moser Nefesh for Divrei Torah, then we don't pass in the Allah on the name of such a person. What's the reason, says the Kedush Rim? When someone works hard and learns Torah in such a way, you're able to be acquire it and make it a part of you. That's when you work really, really hard. But someone who sacrifices his life for Torah, is like a malach. He doesn't exist in this world anymore. He doesn't exist on this plane. So we can't quote halachas in the name of such a person. It's like Torah without a goof. When Moshe Benu did this and was Moser Nefesh, he became so davuk to Hashem and stuck to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he could no longer be mentioned in the Torah. It's like he sacrificed himself out. That's the concept. Yeah. But why is it a punishment he's not in here? We see a Megillah with Ruth, I mean, Esther... Hashem's not there. Is he punishing himself there too? Well, yeah, that's for the lesson to be learned. What's, yeah, Hashem punishes himself? So, no, but there's a lesson to be learned. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes himself out of the Megillah Sester, so that we know that it was done through Nisim Nistarim, instead of Nisim Gluyan. But this was the punishment because he said, and the It's called a Klala, that he was taken out. So if we're calling it a klala, it does seem that it was a punishment. So what's the punishment? Over there, that was on purpose in order to make sure people understood that lesson. What's the lesson of him being left out of Tzitzaveh? That a killas chacham, that a curse of a chacham happens. That's hard. It's a bad kapara. That's what we're saying. That is a bad kapara. That's the concept, the idea. Now the Rabbeinu Ephraim says this answer over here. Rabbeinu Ephraim says Moshe was a Gilgal of Noah. Why Gilgal of Noah? Noah didn't daven for his generation. Noah said what you said before. What's the point? They're going to die anyway. 120 years to daven for them, didn't daven for them once. Noah did not save anyone. He had no bali tshuva, had no one with him except for his own immediate family. And that's that. Noah needed a tikkun. He came back through Moshe to daven for Kalah Yisrael and to even be Moser Nefesh. He was able to bring Noah's neshama to rest. Now, Wolfson says Hashem even tried during the days of the Mabel, to have the Torah be given. Bishagam hu basor, says a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Bishagam hu basor, they are just flesh and blood, so I can't blame them for what they've done. Bishagam is the gematria of Moshe. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was alive during the t- days of the Mabel, through Noah, and the Mabel, the waters that were coming down to drown the earth, could have been the Torah that came down to bring the, the, the world filled with the water of Torah. It could have been that Noah would have had Harsinai, that Noah would have brought Matan Torah in, and that it would have been through him, instead of the Pinimius of the water, which is the Torah, they got the Chitzonius of the water, and they were all destroyed, and that was what the Mabel was. During the days of the Teva, Moshe Rabbeinu's Neshama left Noah. And that's why before the Teva, he was known as an Ish Tzadik, with the Neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu. After the Teva, he's known as an Ish Wadama, a man of the ground. No longer with that lofty Neshama that he had of Moshe Rabbeinu, because the opportunity was spent. This happens throughout the entire Torah. There are those people who have abilities to become even greater, but they don't always live up to it. Nadav and Aviyu should have been Elio and Avi. They had the same Shoresh of a Neshama as Elio and Avi, but they didn't live up to it. They died. They came back through Pinchas, and Pinchas became Eliyahu and Avi. It was through Nadav and Aviyu. It started through them, but it didn't happen all the way through. It had to happen somewhere else. This concept is there. Noah could have been Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's different. And that means that Moshe Rabbeinu 
is filled with other people's neshamas together with them. I'm not going to go through the whole thing now, how Noah fits in with the word Menashe and Yonas and Megershom and Menashe at the end of Shoftim. That's another thing for another time. But there's an amazing thing. There are four neshamos that are connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe's name stands for Moshe, Shame, and Hevel. There's also, at the end of Parsha's Truma, is the word Nechoshes, because Noach and Shes were also connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. You have the word Nechoshes, Noach, Shes, and Ve'ato Tetzaveh. Ve'ato Tetzaveh is you, Moshe, Moshe, Shem, Hevel. These five Neshamos that Moshe Rabbeinu contained, one his own, and then Noach, Shes, Shem, and Hevel, all four of them that were combined together with him created something great for Moshe Rabbeinu. And he was able to be attacking each one of them what they needed to create something great for the Torah itself. All within the Kedusha. This is all brought down from the Chidah. And that's the reason why he's missing in Parshish Tetzaveh. Because each one of those Neshamas needed something that was metakin through Parshish Tetzaveh. That's not for now. That's really for when we get to Parshish Tetzaveh and we'll try, try to talk about it over there. But that's at least the answer. The idea that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to get through is he knew his Tikkun had to come from his Mesiris Nefesh. This is what he had to do. And throughout the, the whole Torah, you see him being Moser Nefesh time after time after time again in order to save the Jews. There's only one time he doesn't. One time he doesn't do it is by Parshish Korach. That's for another reason for another time. But Korach is the only time he's not willing to be Moshe Nefesh. And he says, Hashem killed him. That's the only time he doesn't do it. But every other time you see him sacrificing his own life and everything he has for them, because that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is all about. That Tikkun Nefesh, the idea of being sacrificed on Moshe Nefesh for Klai Yisrael, that's what he stood for. We'll stop with this right now. So if we want to go through the Sefer that he has to be erased, was either the Sefer Torah that hadn't been written yet, the Sefer of Brisit Har Sinai, the Sefer Torah up in Shemayim, the Book of Life, including Olam Haba, the Stars and Kochos of the Heavens, the Book of Hashem, with all the Skuyos, Sefer of Tzadikim from Rosh Hashanah, Sefer of Merits that we do, the Sefer of or a Seder of the Torah, which was Parshish Tzadah. We'll stop with that, guys. Have a great...